the Cybersecurity and Compliance Podcast with Craig Petronella. Learn about the most current IT security threats in ransomware, phishing, business email compromise, cybercrime tactics, cyber heist schemes, social engineering scams, as well as hints and tips from leading professionals to help you prevent hackers from penetrating your network and dropping ransomware or malware payloads. This podcast will arm you with the best info to defend your network against the latest cyber crimes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And now, here's your host, Craig Petronella. You're listening to Cybersecurity and Compliance with Craig Petronella. Visit us online at petronellatech.com. Hey, Jamel, how's it going? Not too bad. How about yourself, Craig? Well, I'm pretty good. Good. Have you guys um, gone any deeper in the CMMC space? Uh, not right now. We've been primarily just um, focusing on improving the solution itself. Mm-hmm. Um, adding new functionality, such as I know at the end of this month, we're thinking we're going to be able to, to um, help users log into uh, local applications using Gatekeeper, okay. um, focusing on improving our password manager to um, uh, begin to capture password changes, making that more seamless for uh, end users when changing passwords. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's going to be a big opportunity for you in the CMMC space, though. Okay. Um, so give me one second. <clears throat> I just passed the test from the accreditation body last Friday. Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> so that means you can start um, actually auditing people or start recommending solutions that fit the CMMC. So yeah. we, we did the registered practitioner organization, and I'm the first registered practitioner that passed all 12 of their tests. Um, and then I'm going to have Jonathan, Blake, and BJ go through the registered practitioner because that aligns best with our consulting and services that we're already providing to mm-hmm. folks. Um, they do allow you to do assessments, but you can't do both sides. So if we consult with a client, we can't also do their assessment. We would have to recommend a different certified third-party assessor. So I'm, ex- I'm thinking about it. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go that route or not um, because it there's going to be larger companies that already have their internal staff working on things that we would provide consulting with. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be a need for, or there will be a need for assessors, but I don't know. I, I got to think about it some more. I don't know if that's a direction that we also want to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it kind of, you know, once you perform one side or the other, you can't go to the other side. You know what I mean? And I feel like uh, there's more opportunity on the consulting side. I can see that. Uh, sometimes I think people are afraid to talk to uh, auditors too often. <laughs> well, not only for that reason, but, mm-hmm. um, I just think that there's just such a lack of, cyber safety. I mean, a lot of these defense contractors are supposed to be already compliant with 171 and they're not even, I mean, at least the folks I talk to, they're not even close. So I just think that there's just so much work in that area of jobs Mm -hmm. to be done um, just to get them ready and prepared for that audit. And I feel like that's where we would really shine for my company. Plus the other cool thing is 
we could really do that work anywhere in the country. So it opens up a lot of opportunity for us nationally. Whereas if we do the assessor side, um, once we go that path with a particular organization, we can't do the other side. You know what I mean? So like the penetration testing, the security risk assessments, the all the stuff that we are experts at now, we wouldn't be able to do any of that. The only thing that we would be allowed to do under the ethics and code of conduct would be the assessment for their maturity level that they're after with the CMMC. Yeah, so that is pretty limiting. So it's, yeah, it's very limiting. Um, and I feel like from a business perspective that the, the world and the country is just so lacking in cyber safety. I feel like there's just so much more of an opportunity on the consulting side and pre- preparation side. And then we'll just partner with other companies to do the, because I feel like that's almost like a staffing role, you know, like a, sta- mm-hmm. like a staffing company might take over and get um, lead assessors certified. Um, yeah, I can see that. But your solution falls into play um, with a lot of the mandates um, in, in regards to controlling access. So there's going to be certain controls that you could look at in the CMMC PDF that you can try to um, solve with your solution. Yeah. Um, so do, do software vendors need to also receive a certain accreditation to say that they are uh, they can assist with compliance. I'm just curious, what is the route for yeah, that's vendors? A, that's a good, good question. So uh, if you go to cmmcab.org, cmmcab.org, um, ab like boy, Apple oh. boy, cmmcab.org. Okay. I do think that you need to get on, or it would be advantageous for you to get on licensed software providers. Yep. See, it says coming soon. So, yeah, but you might want to stay in close um, tune with that. Okay. I think that's going to be huge for you guys because once you get onto the marketplace, all the people that are in this ecosystem need your solution and they need my solutions. So, it's going to be very important from a growth perspective to be there. Okay. I agree. Yeah, let me um, take a deep dive into this later on this afternoon and see exactly maybe where we can accelerate a few things yeah anyway, looks like we got another um it looks like elisa's gonna join here okay. hey good morning good morning how are you today good how are you guys doing good pretty good it's a nice day outside see a lot of sun i'm happy <laughs> yes that always makes it nicer <laughs> absolutely well thanks for joining happy to be here um, I don't have any immediate questions. I was mostly just, you know, coming in to kind of listen to everyone else. So, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, th- this is just kind of an open opportunity to ask any questions or just listen in. If nobody asks questions, then I'll just kind of rant on some of the newest things that are out there. One of the, the hot topics that, like I was talking to Jamel about, is the CMMC or Cybersecurity Maturity Model certification. Mm-hmm. That was recently released by the DOD on the 31st of January. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? A little bit. Uh, that's a little bit out of my general practice area, um, but I, I at least have a passing familiarity with what's happening. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, 
I do think it's going to, in my opinion, affect other organizations. So I think that it will probably bleed into more common mm-hmm. standards like SOC 2, Type 2, or ISO. And okay. Most of those things have derived from NIST anyway. Yep. So it's going to be interesting how things pan out um, in the future as CMMC gets uh, kind of bleeds into these other areas. Jamel, how's the healthcare angle been for you guys this year with all the the COVID-19? It's been slower. Um, A lot of what we've seen is um, the need for them to focus on setting up secure remote connections as much as possible. Um, Because a lot of times they're issuing out software and I'm sorry, uh, issuing out laptops to people they've never had to before. So yeah, been a bit of slowdown in that area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> second, it looks like some people are having trouble finding the link. One moment. Sure. Hey, Whitney. Good morning. Hey, hey, Craig. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. The topic I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Just gonna post the link. It looks like some people are having trouble finding the link. So, I wish LinkedIn would open up their LinkedIn Live. I applied for it several months ago, <clears throat> but then it goes into this black hole, <laughs> and then nobody responds. Uh, and a friend of mine that is an author of a LinkedIn book called LinkedIn for Business, he said you have to apply multiple times if you don't get a response. Um, oh, I just haven't had time to do that. But what's cool about it is, is if they do approve us, then we would be able to host these events without Zoom. We would just do it directly into the platform, which is kind of cool. And then what it does is it notifies all of your connections that, we're live. So it it draws attention to it too. So that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know why they make it so hard to get, but I think that uh, LinkedIn's a little bit of a bureaucracy. uh... Yeah. I think you're right. Whitney, I was telling Jamel, who um, is on the line too, about some of the CMMC updates. Have you been following that? No, no, I haven't. So the CMMC is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification that came out on the 31st of January, mainly directed towards defense contractors and federal defense contractors. Um, And Jamel's solution is called Gatekeeper, and... We've um, recommended his solution in the healthcare market to help with um, humans and passwords and how bad we all are at remembering passwords and changing them. And so he's got a really cool token technology that solves that, that control layer. Um, and I was telling him about there's going to be big opportunity with the cybersecurity maturity model um, because that, that's a control layer that they that they require and they mandate. So his solution solves a couple of those control layers. But um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be 
a lot bigger and bleed into other areas like healthcare and other regulated industries because it's just such a big overhaul. I mean, HIPAA was enacted in 1996 by Bill Clinton, and I mean, look where we are now. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> they haven't. I mean, if you, if you, I'm sure Jamel's familiar with HIPAA, but I mean, if you've ever looked at healthcare and and HIPAA and the requirements there, it's just so muddy and gray area. It's kind of part of the CMMC is uh, overwhelming, and I would think a bit daunting to those folks that don't um, have the maturity level that they should be at. Um, but at least it provides some clarity on what they're looking for and what an assessor is looking for. Um, but I think it's going to be a huge shakeup in the supply chain. This could be very interesting what happens in the next five to 10 years. It looks like Bob's joining one second here. I'm excited to see how quickly um, the market reacts and how quickly people begin to actually switch over and start adopting these new technologies and requirements. Well, so that's interesting that you say that. So as far as how quickly that is going to be to, to be determined, but I think that there's a lot of pressure. And what I mean by that is the DOD has said that if you don't get, and you don't do this, you don't do the CMMC stuff. If you're a defense contractor, you effectively fall off the supply chain. Oh yeah. That's pretty good. So, so, and, and you can't, you can't fudge it anymore. So like uh, with NIST 800-171, you were self-attesting. When, so if you took a contract from the DOD, let's say you were awarded a $10 million contract in the detailed terms and conditions, it said that, hey, you, took, you take this money, you're attesting that you're 800-171 compliant with all 110 security controls, as well as policies and procedures. And most people... We're just like, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they just signed on the dotted line, take the $10 million, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> when the government found out that all these folks were getting hacked in the supply chain, they started investigating. And the government has something called the False Claims Act. So if you take money from the government and you're awarded that $10 million and they find that they're not compliant, they can enact the False Claims Act and you could have to pay three times the contract award. So in that example, $30 million plus other fines. So it's pretty nasty. Um, yeah. And then there was just an interim announcement um, from the DOD about folks, um, they're, they're putting into the DFARS the, um, like an assessment process that they want you to submit to the DOD Oh, wow. Saying that you're compliant with 800-171. So that, that just came out October 1st, and that caused a lot of confusion with a lot of folks in the defense industry thinking that, oh, crap, well, now I have to show and do a self-assessment and submit it and upload it to the DOD um, and, and, and causing you know panic of organizations that are not compliant or not properly aligned to kind of just scramble, right? Mm -hmm. But then yesterday, um, I got clarity that it wasn't really a, it, it wasn't the DOD saying that you have to upload the self-assessment. It was that they were incorporating it into the DFARS, um, but it's not due. It, like the first reaction was it was due in 60 days from the memo. <laughs> oh, wow. So people were reading it thinking, oh, crap, I, I have to do this by November 27th. So that's where a lot of confusion is at the moment. And we clarified that yesterday. 
Um, but the other part that's challenging is there's really no no one to call like at the DOD to get clarity on any of this stuff. So they put these things out and they're very cryptic and hard to read and hard to understand and hard to follow. And the same for the CMMC. And that, that's also why the CM, the DOD passed the baton, so to speak, over to the CMMC accreditation body, because they knew that they just needed an organization, a nonprofit to support the effort and build out the training materials from a central location and, um, the certification tracks and, you know, flesh it all out and, and make it more mature. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's helped with things, but there, there's also all other confusion that I've experienced going through the training myself when I, when I was saying that I, I just got the training done last Friday, you know, the DOD says in the training that most folks will have to fall into the level one or the basic um, requirements for CMMC. And, and I just don't agree with that because in the training, they also say, if you touch any controlled and classified information or create it or edit it, you need to be a level three or higher. So there's, there's just some little hurdles, I think, that need to be ironed out. Um, so have they set a date for when, uh, you know, at least level one or two of CMMC must be... Um completed by so what they're saying at the moment is in fiscal year 21 there's going to be 15 they're doing a a crawl walk run approach and there's going to be about 15 contracts that are going to have a mandate above above 800-171 and also include a, a requirement at maturity levels one through five for the CMNC. So they'll release 15 next year. And then the following year, it, I'm trying to find my sheet. It, it goes up um, significantly. I can find my sheet, I'll tell you. Um, but it keeps kind of expanding rapidly each year, but they're doing a slow rollout. But all of the stuff that, that is not noted as a CMMC level still is going to have 800-171 on it. So you still need to do the 800-171 plus explore what level you want to be at for CMMC, which adds on to that foundational component. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I remember, I was reading through some of the compliance standards. I mean, if you hit everything in NIST, that should at least get you probably close to two or three on the uh, maturity model for CMMC, if I'm correct. No, so so oh, that okay. gets you it gets you closer, but there's mm-hmm. still so that um, so maturity level three has all of the 110 controls for NIST 800-171, but you need an additional 20 controls uh-huh. to get to the maturity. So they added 20 more on top of the NIST 800-171 for CUI. So you're yeah you're you're very close, obviously, if you got the 110, and then you got all the policies and procedures. You just need to get the the other 20. Okay. Okay, I found it. So 21 is 15 contracts, 22 is 75. 2023 goes up to 250, then it keeps going up from there, almost double. Um, There's a total of 1,500 contracts that they're putting out for next year. And you see only a small amount of 15, but 
The other part is it says um, that's so 15 is the total number of new prime contracts awarded with the CMMC requirement. They're saying the total number of prime contractors and subcontracts with, with CMMC requirement, they're saying 899 are in the ecosystem for level one, 149 are for two, and 452 are for level three. And then these numbers just skyrocket in the future years. So it'll be interesting. It's good. I think if Whitney, it's going to affect your industry too with the payment card industry. Yeah, I, I am not up to speed with any of that stuff. I, I, you know, most of my clients are not real large as far as people. Mm-hmm. Stuff, uh, you know, it's, and of course, it, it will affect the municipality stuff, probably that we've got. Well, I think it's going to overhaul. You know how with your smaller clients that you work with, they most of them are completing what's called a SAC or a self-assessment questionnaire for PCI compliance, where they well, go online and they fill the little thing out. Well, what the, what the CMMC has found. And, and what and why it was released is that the self-assessment process doesn't really work very well. So what the government's saying or the DOD specifically is saying that, hey, you no longer can self-attest. You actually have to go through a third-party certified auditor, an assessor, come on site to your location and watch over your shoulder and make sure that you have all this stuff that you're attesting to at the maturity level that you're after. So you're not going to get the certification unless you pass the, all the policies, procedures, security controls, and the, the woven process into your culture. Meaning you can't just fudge this and do it at the last minute and buy all these widgets and say, oh, I'm compliant now. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You have so, to show. So isn't that, you know, and this is the big problem. Uh, most of, you know, about half our guys don't even certify themselves, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, uh, and it just never gets done. Um, so, you know, some companies charge a fee if you don't do it, we don't do mm-hmm. it. Uh, but uh, I've always thought that what really needs to happen is that, uh, you know, the IT companies, you know, provide this service to come in and, you know, for guys like you to come in and do all this stuff for them and just get the headache out of there, you know. Uh, yeah, the problem is people don't want to pay for it. <laughs> yeah yeah well if you have like anything else that's another thing you know <laughs> well that's that's kind of where i'm going with the yeah. the government's basically said look if you don't do this you fall off the supply chain so what i'm saying is who knows in the future the credit card companies might say look we want to reduce our claims and disputes so if you don't do this you're not going to be able to take a credit card well todd, todd was telling me the other day that the association's at some point are going to step in and lay the iron fist down on this. Well, well, that's kind of what I'm getting at and, and why I think that the CMMC will bleed into other industries. And, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of folks, especially the small businesses, they're using a third party processor like authorized.net or something, but they still have responsibilities because if they're, they're in front of the credit card or they, they could see the card number or they, you know, if they're exposed to it, it's still, you know, um, confidential information that they need to have, policy procedures around and controls around you know you can't right. have an yeah. employee writing it on a sticky note or trying to record it or or memorize it in some other means 
Um, and obviously that's fraud and that's the whole point of these regs to try to help limit that. How often do you run into uh, companies uh, that are storing their credit card numbers on spreadsheets and stuff like that? Um, I've definitely seen it before. I, I can't really say how often because it's just not something that we do quite often unless we're hired to do some type of assessment like that, yeah. um, which is pretty seldom, especially on a small company like that. You know, most of the smaller companies, they don't want to do it at all. It's just like the the HIPAA regs too. And um, most of the small companies, the chiropractors, the PTs, it's like pulling teeth just to educate them on, hey, look, you, you need to be compliant with, with HIPAA. Um, and they don't want to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's well, like you, you tell them all the, all the stuff that they're supposed to be doing and then you show them the real world, real world statistics on people that are getting these fines from the Office of Civil Rights and, and it, they don't care. So, you know, you kind of throw your hands off. <laughs> it's like, well, um, I think that, it, you know, again, the CMMC, I think it should bleed into HIPAA regs. And I think that in order to practice a medical office, it should be that should be, you should have to go through an assessment. You should have to have somebody come onto the premise and validate the policies, procedures, and controls. And and I don't think you should be able to practice unless you pass that assessment. Now that's a very political and bold move, but my point is that that's the only way this stuff's going to get done because people are just going to just dismiss it. Right. Well, you know, with medical facilities, they've got a budget to pay for something like that. Um, yeah, not the smaller ones. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe like chiropractor places and stuff. Well, like that. even small general practitioners, they, you know, uh, they all say that they don't have the, the number one. If I educate them and show them factual information from third party sources that say, look, this is the law, this is what you need to be doing. There's 18 plus policies and procedures. You need to map the policies and procedures to what's called security control layers. And they just kind of glaze over, <laughs> you know, they, they're like, I've never taught, been taught this stuff in medical school or any, you know, but my point is that those smaller organizations, they can't afford a compliance officer. Yeah. yeah. They can't afford that role. Oh, yeah. 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 You know? they're gonna outsource so, that. so the, but, but my point is that these smaller organizations and smaller businesses that are either business associates or covered entities, they are all stereotypically speaking, um, they are mostly non-compliant. And that's why you see on the news all the time where XYZ company got dinged for $750,000 or, you know, this, somebody left a laptop in a car and it got stolen. And I, you know, I write about all this stuff in the books, but my point is that these things happen because these folks have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. Right. And they don't want to pay for it to get it done because it's expensive and, it, and it's ex especially when you have nothing in place, it's expensive to put all that stuff in place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's no easy button for it, unfortunately, because even if you hire a provider and you do like the hosting route, that's fine. And that will accelerate the cadence of compliance with a lot of things, but, but you as the practice owner, you still have responsibilities of things that you need to do. And you need to customize. You can't use boilerplate templates that you get for free online. You have to actually read them and customize them to, to your organization. And, you know, there's physical controls too. So you're, if you have a building and you, ha you have to have key card access, for example, and you have to log that stuff. And if you've got a firewall, you have to store those logs and you have to have somebody that's actually watching the logs for, for intrusions and threats. And 
all this stuff is very expensive. Well, you, you, you've got to have, I was just talking about this with someone else. You got to have employee training. Um, you know, things like uh, email comes in with a, uh, Oh yeah. That's called security awareness training. And that that's a mandate for CMMC and you have to prove it. And, but my point is in the HIPAA world, since that law was enacted so long ago, you know, um, obviously I think training is a good idea and the human element's the weakest point in any equation. You could have all the technology you want, but if you people are clicking on stuff and getting social engineered, then you're going to get hacked and you're going to have a breach. So yeah, I think training at a monthly level via video based online type training is great. And then above the training testing, I think testing is super important to be doing on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that stuff should be like basic one-on-one stuff nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I'm, most of the companies I'm dealing with in the municipalities and everything aren't real large places, so they, uh, they they really should be doing it quite, you know, we're talking about small business owners. Mm-hmm. They typically, um, they're not going to do that kind of stuff. Uh, you talk about government things like these small municipalities I handle, they... Uh, uh, that's probably somewhere where you could, you know, really get that kind of stuff put in. Uh, yeah. Well, what's happening they're, now with insurance conscious about trying to, you know, stay compliant and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. What's happening now on the cyber and the forensic side of things is the folks that don't have cyber insurance, if they have a breach because they don't have this stuff aligned and mature, they typically go out of business if they don't have insurance. And a lot of them don't have, number one, they don't have insurance. And number two, if they do have some type of blanket insurance, it's too low. It's only like $50,000. It doesn't really cover how expensive it is to do a forensic analysis. Yeah, we, we offer $100,000. Uh, uh, but, you know, for a big company uh, that's doing a lot of transactions and stuff like that, if they have a major compromise. uh mm-hmm. That's just really, it's not going to cover that much. Uh, I can't remember what the fee, I know there's, I think there's a $50,000 base right off the get-go. And then, I might be wrong about that, but it's something up there like that. And then, you know, it's like, I don't know, something like $1,000 every credit card number or something like that, you know. Right. But there's also, in the, the terms and conditions of the insurance, there's a lot of, areas where they um disqualify payouts so like if you're not doing anything for example and you're not you can't show proof of a security risk assessment and a pen test and training if you you know you don't have nothing then they may not pay the claim at all yeah no that yeah if you're negligent i'm sure there's lots of fine print in there that uh, yeah you know and and most of the legal fees are over fifty thousand dollars for a breach um, and if it's something that affects multiple states regulations, you know, there's state breach notification laws. And then there's also um, if you're subject to GDPR, you know, then that makes it skyrocket through the roof. So it's there's all this stuff. And I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure um, for insurance companies as well to kind of follow. That's why I think that the CMMC is going to bleed into, you know, insurance and other areas, because if you think about it, if the insurance companies do something along the lines of the CMMC, they're not going to be paying out a lot of claims or as many claims um, when you have people that are 
getting third-party audits done every year, every so many years, proving that they're doing all this stuff. It's going to go down. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a brave new world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, we're getting up on the half hour already. Does anybody have any questions or just... Um... No, I, you know, I'm, I'll just say this, Craig, I'm, I'm real interested in keeping up on all this type of stuff. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's uh, any way that you can send out updates on what's going on with this kind of stuff is of interest to me. I don't know. Yeah, just make sure you're on our newsletter. We do updates every month and then we do these events. I, I don't know if I'm on your newsletter. Uh, okay, well, I'll post it in the chat. Go double check it. You know what? If, if I am, I haven't been looking at it. I'm going to be looking at it now. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in the chat. But um, okay. yeah, we, we post a lot of stuff um, on on the newsletter. And then we also have these events weekly, you know, for education Um and I'm not pushing or selling anything on these things. It's purely education and an opportunity to ask questions, to just learn about, keep up to date. Um, if you well, know, if my clients or my tribe know, need something, I'm always here to help them. But this well, is I, I picked up a, a LinkedIn on this meeting, and mm -hmm. so uh, how is it generally get pushed out on your newsletter? It's usually through LinkedIn that we push out the events. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But if you're on the newsletter, um, we will be, you know, promoting the events as well. Okay. But yeah. If you follow, if you follow my company and you'll, you'll be in tune as you log into LinkedIn, it'll update you. And, you know, that's just another area that it updates you. Okay. I put okay. the link to the newsletter in the chat so you can click and sign up on that. Um, but yeah. And if there's any interim updates that come out, you know, we always, do a, a blast about it like we did one yesterday on the CMMC um, interim rule that was released by the DOD. Um, and if there's obviously any changes in PCI or HIPAA or ISO or SOC or any other areas, and we, we update on those accordingly as well. But I like to just kind of do these once a week, quick uh, 30 minutes, kind of update everybody. If anybody's got questions, answer their questions and just be a helpful resource. I appreciate your time today, Craig. This was very helpful. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for joining. And yeah, definitely stay in tune. And if you can join them, you know, join at your, your, um, whatever your schedule permits. And those, there's always something new <laughs> coming out each week. So absolutely. Yes. In this space, it's always changing. That's right. All right. Awesome. Well, have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for joining. Thank well, you. Thanks, Craig. It was good. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks for Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Cybersecurity and Compliance with Craig Petronella. Listen to all of our podcasts on Apple, Google and Spotify. Visit us online at petronellatech.com to book a meeting with Craig about your business. Thanks for listening to the Cybersecurity and Compliance Podcast with Craig Petronella. For other episodes and more information, visit petronellatech.com. Also visit our other websites, compliancearmor.com and blockchainsecurity.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening and stay secure.